Blog Talk Radio. Jackie Laura Jones here with you again for True Forgiveness Teachings on Blog Talk Radio. How is everyone? I feel like I have not been on this platform in a while and I just wanted to start out by saying that I appreciate all the support, all of your emails. Um, Some of you have emailed me and said you've revisited old episodes of this and have enjoyed them so uh, not the least of which was our very good friend Dr. Bob Rosenthal who my good friend Bruce Rawls and I who's my guest today are going to honor and um, we thought that a good topic would be uh, what is death Um, it is one of the themes a major theme in the course and it's addressed in many areas, not the least of which is what we'll discuss uh, as part of our show today in the Manual for Teachers, Lesson 27, What is Death? So first of all, I want to welcome our good friend Bruce Rawls back to True Forgiveness Teachings. Hey, Bruce. Hi, Jackie. How, How are you? Gosh, I'm good. It's so good to talk to you, my friend. Um, It's been a while, (laughs) and I know we've we've both been busy. I mean, I've had uh, weddings, um, funerals, um, change of life situation since we last talked. I mean, so so many things going on. Such is uh, life. so I'm just great to be chatting with you again. And um, I was just mentioning to our listeners that we were going to honor uh, our good friend, Dr. Bob Rosenthal, co-founder of the Foundation for Inner Peace, uh, who just passed away. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel real privileged and fortunate to have had a number of, I think, over a dozen uh, Wonderful conversations with Dr. Bob up up until just not quite a year ago. I had the last one, and I mm-hmm. posted those on acimblog.com. And uh, all, all about the course, which, of course, is the, the, the shared interest that you and I and Dr. Bob have, uh, among probably a lot of others, but certainly that. And, um, yeah, I, I really appreciated the depth of his insight and his sense of humor and uh, just his great perspective on things. I mean, it, very very unique position that he had of being a psychotherapist and a, and a you know, professional in that, in that uh, arena for several decades, all the while being a student and practitioner of the course. And uh, more, even more profoundly, I guess you might say, he, he literally grew up with the course um, in, um, in the context of knowing Judy Scutch Whitson uh, and uh, Judy's daughter, Tam, who's now the, the president of, of, of the Foundation for Inner Peace since, since Bob's passing. And um, they basically watched the course being <laughs> being uh, birthed together. So um, you know, Bob was right at the beginning of that uh, episode and uh, in our, our history of this planet and uh, got to know um, Bill Thetford uh, real well, actually. And so he, a lot of the, mm-hmm. the things that uh, he, he shares are, 
about insights that he learned with his conversations with Bill Thetford, which uh, I think are a really great compliment to all the wonderful material that uh, the other probably better known course teacher uh, in terms of the volume, sheer volume, depth and breadth of his work is uh, um, our beloved, uh, you know, Kenneth Wapnick, Dr. Ken Wapnick. Mm-hmm. And um, right. so I think, I think that, you know, the two, uh, you know, two teachings complement each other. And, and Dr. Bob was, was very eloquent about what he learned from, Bill Thetford and his own contributions as well are just wonderful. So, and he he wrote a number of really superb books, uh, all of which I recommend highly. And um, anyway, so I, we will miss him dearly on the level of form, but in our mind, we know he's still very much with us. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. What a great um, tribute to him that you just expressed. He had such a unique position. You're right. Mm-hmm. And, um, we often we talked in the podcast that we've done and then off air also and you know uh-huh. he just became a good friend and his insights yeah. were so wonderful and i do and i invite all the listeners to check out bruce's conversations with him on acimblog.com i put that in the description here and at jackie.news you can see um true forgiveness teachings this podcast i had a couple discussions with him and also on my video podcast the 24th hour which i haven't done for several years but those episodes are still up there and so i put that out in in a newsletter recently um in a a tribute to bob so his insights were really wonderful and you know what he was Mm -hmm. so I was looking over a couple of emails that I had, the past emails that I had from him. And like uh-huh. you, Bruce, it was going back maybe a year or so now was maybe the last, uh-huh. the last contact um, that I had through email. And he was so kind to, he would often yeah. comment yeah. on something that I said in a newsletter. Like he would take that, he would write me and say, I love the way you worded that. That's an often hard concept to describe love that mm-hmm. he highlights something or he was just kind of like supportive and nice in that way and just yeah, you know, yeah. i'd be like well that's great i'd email him back i said that's going in book two you know or whatever like i <laughs> and i was just glad to get his feedback that that spoke to him you know and he would take mm-hmm. the time as busy as he was just to shoot me a little email or something like that oh keep up the good yep. work or you know uh, it's just how he was you know and yeah, um, yeah very much great soul yeah what a great soul um so i thought you know we would um and obviously anybody who goes to uh the foundation for inner pieces website um acim.org there's a tribute there and you can make Mm -hmm. comments um if you've had an experience with bob or were touched by his teachings in any way you can write that in there and um anyway so check that out and we thought you know, we'll do what the course says about death today for this podcast. What is death? And I, I yeah. put in the description, do, do we ever really die? What is the ego's interpretation of death versus the Holy Spirit's? Um, and then I, we can read, we can go where this, this episode takes us, Bruce. I just wanted to read one of the quotes from the manual um, sure. for teachers, which is uh, number 27, topic number 27. Um, death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. Is it not madness 
to think of life as being born, aging, losing vitality, and dying in the end. And then the other quote is that I chose, and there are so many, the reality, quote, of death is firmly rooted in the belief that God's son is a body. And if God created bodies, death would indeed be real. But God mm-hmm. would not be loving. Isn't that That's interesting? Right. Yeah. So I, There's another quote that goes along with that that I find really potent and but also very helpful is, if this were the real world, God would be cruel. Meaning that, you know, implicit in that is, you know, bodies that come and go couldn't possibly be our real identity if if the identity of our creator is eternal and unchanging. And and I think that's what the course leads us back to is, is recognizing anything that can appear and disappear, such as bodies and the personalities that, you know, be connected with them, <laughs> right. uh, would, would necessarily be be that whole ephemeral realm if you want to use a a fancy word which i I find helpful i like that word uh you know things that come and go um it it, it, all that stuff has to be um part of our misunderstanding of truth if truth doesn't change right so i think I, i think the course really meets us where we're at um and um you know the there's a place also in the manual or actually it's in the uh the psychotherapy uh, pamphlet, I believe, where where uh, it talks about, you know, uh, the song of prayer. <laughs> but it, the death, you know, basically can be, I should have looked it up in advance, you know, yeah. a, a gentle it's all relief over, I know it. from the bondage. Yeah, it really is all over the place in the course. But, but you right. know, it just a, can be seen as a gentle release from the bondage uh, of thinking of ourselves as being trapped in something specific and something limited mm-hmm. to, um, basically like a tourniquet on love, a tourniquet on peace, uh, a, you know, a, a restraint or, a, or a incredibly um, finite, restrictive limit, limitation on our real identity. And when we think of all the things that are where our, the places our mind can go and how clunky <laughs> and slow and, right. and ineffective our bodies are in achieving some of the places that our uh. mind can go it's it's kind of staggering isn't it i mean but yes but, but that doesn't mean we should shouldn't do the best we can in the world it just means that that when it's time to say sayonara to the package that we've identified with so thoroughly we can afford to just be really gentle and gracious and say well thanks buddy you you know you helped me when i was in my right mind to see that my real identity is more than this and everyone else's identity has to be correspondingly way more than just the specific selves that we've pinned ourselves to in the crosshairs of the space-time dimensional matrix. And, uh, you know, there's, there's got to be more, you know, as, as Helen and Bill said to each other, you know, there, there must be a better way. There must be another way of looking at our identity that, that transcends, you know, the, the surly bonds of earth as I like to say. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. All well said. Excellent points. Because, you know, eventually people get to the point where they do say, as, you know, Helen and Bill said, there must be another way. They're exasperated with what's going on in the world, what's going on with their own lives. Or even if they're just 
getting fearful of their own mortality. You know, they're getting up there in years and people are, you know, you're fearful. You're like, what's going to happen? You know, is my family going to be taken care of? I hope I don't have a painful death. Whatever it is, it can be anything. We start, you start to think about it. And, you know, since, since we be- believe we're here, you know, in this, like you said, this space-time dimensional matrix, right? Uh, since we mm-hmm. believe we're here, um, I found it so helpful, not only just with this and counseling a lot of people over the years with if they're ill or their, um, their fear of dying, was just remembering since we believe we're here, the Holy Spirit's purpose for us, for being here, is to mm-hmm. have us learn his lessons of forgiveness, which yeah. is ultimately the ultimate lesson is that death, death is unreal. That does not sound good to, to people at first. Um, certainly um, people that are not familiar with, a, with the non-duality or teaching of the course or, or something similar, that, that sounds really crazy that death is unreal, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes we don't go all the way to that point. Sometimes, like you said so beautifully, Bruce, just earlier, sometimes we're thinking, well, I, there must be more than this. Maybe it starts as an idea of I must be more than this body. Certainly people in all the consciousness movements, you know, over the over the years have started to recognize, you know, that they're more than a body. That's a night. That's a step, you know, to realize mm-hmm. that you're more than just this little container. Some people like the concept of souls and on and on and on and, and this and that all helpful, comp, you know, um, all helpful um, concepts, the, the world becomes right. a classroom and we can just starting to wake up. And as we practice forgiveness, getting back to the course specifically, it really undoes this belief in separation in our mind. And then mm-hmm. it kind of becomes who we are that we're identifying with something higher, you know, as a step. Yeah, yeah. The who actually, I think, is supplanted ultimately by a what, and we we yes, transition right. from thinking of ourselves as a, uh, I, I like to say, silly, seemingly separate self. I um, love that. You know, partitioned off in, into a, a, a tiny little speck in the cosmos that, that that has, you know, fixed, relatively fixed coordinates and and you know, an infinitesimal subset of all there is, even on the level of form. Um, and then, the, of course, we, we made that up to reinforce that idea because, you know, the, the ego's idea of, of more mortality is that, that we committed this impossible crime and um, we're going to, you know, make a preemptive strike so that our, our creator doesn't have to punish us. Uh, so, you know, we, we'll take care of it ourselves. Thank you very much kind of thing, right. <laughs> which is right. kind of crazy. crazy. It yeah, is. I, 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 was, I was thinking about, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that the uh, – the section in the, in the manual for teachers the, about what is death. I was, I was jumping down to uh, sentence four in that first paragraph, and I think it, it all fits perfectly. The, the next that next sentence uh, says it death is the one fixed, unchangeable belief of the world that all things in it are born only to die. And I think that the idea of birth and death being opposites rather than life and death being opposites is something that helped me uh, a decade or two ago when I really started thinking about that. And and if birth and death are, are transitions, and transitions, anything that changes is what, in terms of Eastern mysticism and certainly the Course's metaphysics, um, Maya or illusion, 
then anything that, that can come and go, including bodies and personas, has to be ultimately a misinterpretation. And I think the idea of interpretations um, is really helpful because it basically takes all the, the condemnation out of things. It's just like, oh, I just was mistaken in my identity, and that's correctable. It's not a, it's not a sin, and um, our beloved uh, teacher, Ken Wapnick, said uh, in many ways and many different times, you know, that the, the self that we've identified with isn't, that the Course calls the ego, the little less self, isn't evil, sinful, or wicked. It's just silly. It's just a, it's just a, a correctable misinterpretation that if we give our minds over to the Holy Spirit and, and even are willing to consider the idea that maybe there's a better way, maybe we can start seeing uh, our identity as, as not being crammed down into this tiny little speck of a body that's that's you know doomed to to uh, have an expiration date, <laughs> right. shelf life. Uh, then then it's like okay, well that's just that just becomes a tool or a mechanism or a classroom for us learning to forgive that ourselves for making that faulty choice, which is just a simple error in thought that is correctable, and that's what the Course calls the Holy Spirit is is the, the place on our mind that is able to correct that from from a sin to an error and then undo the error altogether at some point when we decide that we don't want a thought system that you know, condemns and incriminates and punishes and and you know reveres suffering above above peace uh, so we just need to keep looking at the contents of our mind and say what what's leading to the peace and what's leading to this gloomy mortal uh, identification with something that really is quite uh, metaphorically, literally, I guess that's a phrase, you know, beneath us, you know, the, the body that we think we are, um, you know, if we just kind of look in the mirror and uh, any given day, it's, it's laughable to think that, that we could take this infinite spirit and cram it down into a tiny little package that, that has a shelf life, you know, it's just it's pretty, it's a laughably pathetic idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. a shelf life. I know. Right. Exactly. You know, we tend to just we're we're so ingrained in, in the thought system that, yeah, this is real, just birth and death that you don't even really st- stop to think about it. But as the course is pointing out, like you said, you know, God would indeed be cruel if he made he created us to suffer and die. Like, really think of that like an all-loving God, right? If you really think about it, people read the words, you know, intellectually, you're probably going over it. But if you really think about that, like God, you know, in the Bible, a great example, he's punishing Adam and Eve, right? Banishing them. Like it's, a, this is why, well, I should just say from my experience, I've heard so many people over the years that are coming to me for sessions or whatever um, that had, you know, quite a religious upbringing that it was so hard to reconcile the punishing nature of God. Like they just couldn't believe it. They can't believe it. They can't put their finger on it, but something just doesn't make sense about the, the punishing nature. And so that's kind of when you start asking those types of questions and really want the answers, not be fearful, <laughs> but really want the answers. It, it's that crack that op- opens the mind to a possible other way of interpreting things. And then maybe that reflection of that leads you 
to something like A Course in Miracles, you know, where you mm-hmm. start to say, wait a minute, like you said, Bruce, it's, it's, we, we haven't sinned and need to be punished. Uh, we've made a mistake. We've made a mistaken choice, the Course teaches, which can be corrected, right? So um, yep. if, we choose yep. the, if we choose the ego along with that choice of separation, comes the belief that number one it it really happened we've separated and that Uh leads us to believe that we're bodies that we're born and will eventually die the course says there is no life outside of heaven but the ego of course has to create (laughs) try and mimic you know life and so the ego's god is responsible for this seeming life here which this is duality so then you die here right and it's this made-up creation right so jesus is teaching us that when we identify with with the ego death is reality for us you know right yeah yeah and it's 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 almost so completely universally accepted that we most of the time don't even raise the the basic assumptions and the premises to question exactly and i think it's important to, to remember that that the the course I always keep reminding myself that the course is always and only about the mind. And so really that's the, right. the death that's been talked about really is the belief in mortality, the belief that something that's could right. come and go. And uh, so that's right. more in that, in that section, I think bears reading it. Okay. If I read, read on. Yes, that, let's read some because that? you guys, it's, okay. uh, it's, it's nothing uh, substitutes. Yeah. For the, the words, <laughs> Jesus's words yeah. that he's sharing with us. Yeah. Go ahead, Bruce. Where are you reading from? And yeah. So I'm going to start with that, that fourth sentence in the first paragraph again, and I'm okay. using it. I'm replacing it with death because that's the context. Death is okay. the one, un, one fixed, unchangeable belief of the of the world that all things in it are born only to die. And then it continues. This is regarded as quote the way of nature unquote. Uh, you know, circle of life is some, sometimes you hear in movies and whatnot, right? Like, <laughs> right. Uh, not not to be raised to question, but to be accepted as the quote natural unquote law of life. The cyclical, the changing and unsure. The undependable and the unsteady, waxing and waning in a certain way upon a certain path, all this is taken as the will of God. And no one asks if a benign creator could will this. And then it goes on in the next paragraph. In this perception of the universe as God created it, it would be impossible to think of him as loving. For who has decreed that all things pass away, ending in dust and disappointment and despair, good alliteration, can be but feared. Right. He holds your little life in his hand, but by a thread, ready to break it off without regret or care. <clears throat> Perhaps today, you know, the Monty Python foot may descend from the sky at any moment, you know, sort of damage. Or if he waits, yet is the ending certain. Who loves such a God knows not of love because he is denied that life is real. Death becomes life's symbol in the ego thought system, of course. His world is now a battleground where contradiction reigns and opposites make endless war. Where there is death, is peace impossible? So, so the whole idea of, of you know, attaching and appendaging our identity onto something that, that comes and goes is, you know, just logically insane. But we don't even question the logic of that most of the time. We just, you know, take for granted. Mm-hmm. We, we, we took the blue pill in the matrix and don't question anything and <laughs> it's, it's all those right, assumptions the blue pill. 
right. once, once we're in that thought system that says uh, you're part of things and all, every part is destined to become, you know, fragmented and and uh, you know dissolve into the the, the cosmic dust of <laughs> of mortality. But the mortality is in the mind. It's it's really the thought system that says that we could be limited to something that comes and goes, something that that has a starting and a stopping date. Um, that's just absurd. I mean, mm-hmm. so another another rhetorical question. I think that really, and in fact, it just came up the other day in another conversation with another course student. Is is um, can you ever remember having not been? No, because our our being is eternal. Our 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 mind, our our real nature, has had no you know starting or end, stopping point, and mm-hmm. and and the whole idea, whole idea of time itself is um, a dualistic concept because the eternal nature of our being doesn't know anything about uh, things that change, and and that would be analogous to you know saying that you know we are offspring of a creator that is an eternal mind, an eternal being, an eternal awareness that is completely loving. Yes, excellent points. You know, it it came to mind when you were talking about, uh, you mentioned something earlier, Bruce, about uh, we know that this is only about the mind, the course. It's not mm-hmm. about any, anything in the world or a system of behavior in the world or anything like that. But now, I think you also pointed out that you what Jesus is really talking about is the thought system of death with exactly. which we identify when we choose the ego as our teacher instead of the holy uh, the holy the holy system <laughs> you could say that the holy system the holy spirit there you go. rather yeah, but yeah. which is a holy system of thought I like but yeah thought. i mean when we it, he's really talking about the thought system of death and it reminds me of one of ken wapnick's you know brilliant again you know explanations of everything and ken's always talking about do not confuse symbol with source and symbol mm-hmm. would be the death of the body. Source mm-hmm. would be the mind's thought system of death, right? And so exactly. when we're practicing this, we're always appropriate, obviously, in the world and the level of form. Practicing the course mm-hmm. isn't running up to people at funerals and telling them that death isn't real and having those types of silly statements um because right. again like you said before at the beginning we meet people where they are that's what jesus does in the course he meets us where we are and is helping us mm-hmm. contrast the two thought systems so we can say which do we really want peace or conflict wholeness or fragmentation right shared interests or separate interests what do we really want and i think of that sometimes do not confuse symbol with source i think the obstacle to peace about death is in chapter 19 something like that where um source is is always the thought in the mind and then symbol is what we see out in the world what helps me tremendously always is to Any trigger that I have, I think you and I and everyone else has talked about this endlessly, but it can't be said too much that how we get back to our true nature is taking anything that upsets us in the world, any trigger, 
and reinterpreting mm-hmm. it. I, you used the yep. term reinterpret earlier, looking at it differently, saying there must be another way to see that this is so disturbing. Could this possibly be real? Could God possibly have created all this chaos? Well, the course's answer is no, we did. Our separated mind made up what? Separate things from heaven, things that are not peaceful. We made up sin, Mm -hmm. guilt, fear in the mind, and that thought system got projected out into the world. And we see sin, guilt, fear everywhere. We see now a linear time. We see a past present and future we've sinned in the past oh we feel so guilty now in the present and oh my gosh what are the repercussions going to be we fear the future we keep playing this all out in the mind so the world is a pictorial representation of our thought of death separation in the mind so i think always coming back using my triggers to go back to the source not denying that we believe we're here in the world, but rather just denying the ego's interpretation, saying, you know what, I'm going to look at this differently. And then the Holy Spirit, as it, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, whoever you're practicing the course with, starts to take over your mind, you automatically retranslate everything the mind's, the body's eyes, rather, are showing you. It just becomes automatic that you're recognizing that this is your dream. And that you're looking at it differently and you're helping all your brothers and sisters along the way because you're one with them. Mm -hmm. You're joining with that part of the mind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some great, great thoughts and and points there. Yeah, as you were talking about the the symbol, um, the next paragraph and what we're reading uh, further develops that idea of death being a symbol uh, of the fear of God. Would Would you like to read that? Yes, let's see. Where did you stop? That's that third third paragraph and, and starting with the third paragraph. Starting with third paragraph. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Death is the symbol of the fear of God. His love, capital L, is blotted out in the idea which holds it from awareness like a shield held up to obscure the sun. The grimness of the symbol is enough to show it cannot coexist with God. It holds an image of the Son of God in which he is, quote, laid to rest in devastation's arms where worms wait to greet him and to last a little while by his destruction. Yet the worms as well are doomed to be destroyed as certainly, and so do all things live because of death devouring is nature's quote law of life god is insane and fear alone is real yep that's a what great a, what a paragraph parody. yeah what a, what a parody of the ego's thought system because you know it, exactly. it really is basically saying that that if the ego's line of thinking is correct then there is no hope you know but the course right. Behind the, the challenging curriculum is infinite uh, <laughs> benefit. You know, the tranquil mind that's not a little little gift, as the course book puts it, is, is beyond right. all of our forgiveness classroom exercises. And a few moments ago, you said something that reminds me of, I thought, a whimsical quote. I'm not sure who to attribute it to, but I'm sure I could Google it quickly enough. Um, and that is, the truth shall set you free, but first it will <laughs> piss you off. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think that's... 
that's that's kind of the you know the the course is is actually works with that a bit in, in the sense that that you know we have to kind of go through um the looking at the ego which is not pleasant nobody likes to do no. that which is why it's, it's not, not a very popular course uh and then your your wonderful brother-in-law's teachers art and persis suggest that you know a thousand years from now christianity will still be alive and well and the course will have gained a lot more traction according to what they were sharing but but right. you know the course will um you know be be more prominent but the the, the whole idea of a, a god of fear and a god of mortality you know it's still the ego's cup of tea and, and right. because we're identified with it and because we think we're actually um likely to suffer and to 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 experience loss by moving away from the whole thought system of suffering and loss, we don't do it. You know, we're we're miserable that we with the familiar miser miserableness that we we don't want to stray from, and that's right. you know the ego strategy is like you don't look there. You know, don't don't pull that curtain back, Toto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to see how silly the whole thing is. I I keep loving you know that that metaphor, and 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 I, I want to encourage people to check out your book too by the way if, if anybody hasn't read jackie's book it's just a gem with lots of great wizard of oz references so anyway but oh uh, thanks yeah. bruce thanks more coming in book two yeah <laughs> oh oh good oh good i'm looking forward to that but uh, yeah but the whole thing of you know the the, the idea of this pac-man god and pac-man thought system that just has to devour everything in its path right it's not but if you look at you know we and we dress it up and we we make it look presentable, but but you know the whole idea of biological life is intrinsically cannibalistic. You know we have to eat other yeah. things. Yeah. Just breathing oxygen molecules. You know we're we're ingesting and 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 uh, you know excreting and, and just you know we're basically taking things from the outside and processing them, and we don't care what happens to them as long as the the body that we think we are gets nourished. You know for the most part. But, exactly. but that's the whole thought system of the ego is it, it basically is one or the other. It's like I, I live at your expense. And and then, the, you know, the flip side of it is, of course, you know, behold me, brother, at your hand I die is the ego's maxim, too. It's, it's as long as as long as um, I'm getting my way and getting my my alleged needs met as a body, which is only temporary at best, um, you know, I, I'm willing to have a a, a, a detente or a or a ceasefire with everyone on the, you know, the, it abides by my wishes seemingly. But, you know, once people stop, stop, you know, meeting our needs, then we're back on, you know, the more obvious battleground of uh, one or the other. And, and then it becomes, you know, just, it's just an all out competition and warfare. And so the, the course's metaphor of, you know, rising above the battleground means we have to look at the insanity of the ego's thought system of death, sin, and fear, and guilt, and see how insane that whole attack, defense, and, and mortality cycle is before we realize that, well, maybe there is a better way. Maybe, maybe there's a way of forgiving, seeing that nothing happened in truth, and then that takes our mind out of that realm where we are free to, to choose that other, that other uh, thought system of peace. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, excellent points. You know, it occurs to me, I feel inspired a lot of the time to 
help people again this comes from years as a therapist um mm-hmm. and getting a lot of the, a lot of the questions and um a common one is always how do i reconcile what i know about death what jackie and bruce are talking about what the course is talking about um with 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 being here and and being uh-huh. you know appropriate with people and everything like that and i think uh-huh. it always serves as such a helpful reminder to um, I just wanted to share an example. Uh, recently, one of my best friends from high school, her brother passed away very young. I think he was 55. And it was a, without going into all the details, it was kind of a, a quick progression. And it was very, very surprising to the, to the family. And I mm-hmm. flew to Chicago, uh, where she lives, um, for his funeral and it was very interesting a lot of my friends you know from college were there i went to indiana university in bloomington in in the midwest for college and so there was a large contingent there from chicago of course because it was you know so close and everything and so i have a a large uh college crew uh that are still in the chicago area so i i flew to chicago while i was Yes, it's a long thing. So I'm, I flew to Chicago, and um, at the funeral, it was really interesting to hear people's responses, questions, and how they were processing it. My friend, one of my best friends, who was her brother that passed, she said, you know, I, I know this is not the end for him. Okay, she's not a course student, right? She's a, I, she says, I know this is not the end for him. And I know his soul goes on. What do you think about that? And I said, well, I know this is not the the end for him. I know. Again, meeting her where she is, right? Saying, yep, "Yep, there's a part of us that never dies. You know, we go on and answering her appropriately. Not that long after that. Um, she was, you know, greeting everybody and everything. Another really good friend of mine came up to me and said, you know, what do you, what do you think happens after we die? They said, I just don't think I have a really good feeling about, I'll just call him Jim right now, keep her privacy. But she said, I have a really good feeling about Jim right now. And I said, you know what? I do too. I said, because I know God is full of love. And I said, I know that Jim always remains in a good place. I do, too. I think that, too. I kind of feel bad that I don't feel sad. I feel sad, but I feel like we go on. And I said, me, too. And we just hugged. And I'm just making the point of, I know in my mind, I'm dreaming. My high school friend's a part of my dream. We. I don't have to tell anyone on this platform that except for hello, welcome you newcomers to, to, but what I mean is, you know, my word bruise since last November is simultaneously. I'm putting a chapter about it in my book and I'll tell you why my word is simultaneously because this is what I want to share has been so much a part of my experience in helping wake up and everything is 
while we're appropriate in the level of form, because when we're in the right mind, meaning we're thinking along with the Holy Spirit, we're thinking this, we're going to reflect that thought system of love. And it doesn't matter what form the love takes, i.e., we're being appropriate with people and speaking to them on the level that they're speaking to us. We're answering mm-hmm. them on the level they're talking to us on, right? And so... Yep simultaneously as i'm saying yes i know jim's in a good place i know i know where and what's really going on in my thought system in my mind which i hold that gentle smile and the words come out to meet people where they are i'm not explaining that there's really no death and going into the world's an illusion and I know it seems silly to kind of say that, but that that is something that happens out there. Um, And not only that, um, it's that more importantly why I address this is that people are often and rightly so confused about the levels, you know, and when how do I be knowing this? Am I just reinforcing it if I don't tell them? Am I supposed to tell them? What if it's helpful to to tell them that the and here is always my answer to that, which is not the answer. It's it's one answer. <laughs> but um I think it's an an inspired answer and you can comment on it is that it it's kindness coming from the right mind would never say anything that would put someone in fear. If someone was ready to hear something like that or ask specifically um, a question regarding that, you, you again, you would answer it and meet them where they are, right? If What mm-hmm. if someone came up and said, well, I've heard that's not even our reality. It's all an illusion. What do you think about that? Well, there's your opening to say, well, I kind of agree with that. I've kind of been practicing a thought system that agrees with that. You know what I mean? But our, yeah. we even have to worry about what to say when we're in our right mind because we're only focused on the content of love. And guess what? Your mouth will open. This is already over anyway. That's the backdrop. We're not going to let the ego interfere with trying to manage people's feel and what they need to know in the lifetime, right? You're, you're just needing. We don't know anyway, right? Which, how do we even know what they're learning? Uh, who wants to take that on, right? We're, we're just responding with love. So anyway, just to wrap this up a little bit and get your comments, I, I had a, an another, another, pardon me, I had another experience of that, um, just this, this um, past few weeks when I went to the funeral and just was responding to people at every, at all these different levels. In fact, her son's, came up to me one of her sons who's like 20 came up to me and said your my mom had your book out on our coffee table and I'm sorry her daughter said my mom had your book out on our coffee table and I was looking at it and she just smiled at me and I said oh and I just waited to see if she was going to say anything and I said well I hope you enjoy it and she just smiled she goes I I like it I like it and, and that was just enough for that moment, right? So anyway, uh, yeah. we're, we're just meeting people where they are. We're not having the need to, to preach, to tell, to this, to that, right? Um, exactly. So anyway, just yeah. wanted to share a little bit of that, yeah. 
That, those are it's really great story, and like you say, you know, meeting meeting everyone where where they think they're at is is so appropriate because we still, for the most part, think of ourselves as being uh, separate selves, and and so when we do that, we're saying kindness is more important than trying to change externals. Uh, you know, thinking thinking that there's something wrong with someone else. You know, because everyone is on a perfect trajectory yes, toward them. With, Yes, and um, I don't need to worry about that. I, I the other the other analogy I, I find helpful, whenever I even get close to treading on the the turf of thinking I need to help someone else because I know something, uh, is <laughs> I figure I'm the only one that is absent from perfect oneness in my mind, and so you know I'm the only one playing hooky, if you will, from from. <laughs> I the, love it, Bruce. From the big yeah. the big party and. So if that's the case, uh, I just need to get my act together and listen to Holy Spirit more attentively and, and consistently in order to be at peace. And then, then, I'll, then I'll be rejoining that party in progress, you know, I mean, like the TV station sometimes do when a, a program preempts some another. It's like, we now return to your program in progress, right? Well, <laughs> the, the program process is, is, is Holy Spirit saying, hey, you, this ongoing party in eternity where everyone is – experiencing perfect peace is an ongoing thing and um you know you don't need to worry about that you, you just need to get get yourself off the the uh the dirge uh <laughs> recital <laughs> uh, <laughs> think there's, there's something wrong with with yourself with, or with anyone else and right, once i right. do that oh it's, it, I, if I just but i just have to look at the dirge i'm singing i have to look at the the mournful um, you know, martyrdom, victimhood uh, song that I sing to myself that, that says I, I, I'm upset for the reason I think, and it, it's because you or someone else or some group of people or some circumstances have made me unhappy. And, you know, we just have to keep reeling in those projections, saying, no, it's not about anything outside my mind. And then also with Holy Spirit's help, um, that second step of forgiveness, jumping from lesson five to thirty-four, now says I could see peace instead of this. Like in, in the, in the, this being any specific thing that I'm fixated on, that I'm thinking is going to bring me either happiness or misery that's outside me. I've, I've now brought it back inside, but now I have to look at the idea that well, maybe inside my mind, peace is possible there too. Because what if what if the guilt didn't you know, it wasn't justified. What if it was un- unfounded because nothing happened in eternity to disrupt our real identity? And right. that really paves the way for us to have an experience of the release that comes from from trusting that inner kindness teacher and seeing that, that oh, I, I now can actually have a moment of peace. And then those moments become cumulative over time, and we stitch them together more and more frequently, and we discover that... Uh, you know, life is actually a, a pretty wonderful classroom, and and but it does does take the diligence and the persistence and the mindfulness to you know vigilantly look at all of our thoughts and see is is this leading me to peace or not, and just just use that criteria more and more consistently. Beautiful. Yeah. Is this leading me to peace or not? I love it. I love the way you said we you get that release that comes. Yeah. From trusting your inner teacher it really is and that leads me into something I kind of 
what came to me as you were talking, um, uh-huh. I think, you know what, um, how do I articulate this? Like, we all want to be helpful, right? Of course uh-huh. we do. So I hear all, all the right. time, but I just, I want to tell people, you know, more about the truth so they're not in pain or so they, they know that they don't have anything to worry about. And my response to always that is, of course we do. We all want to be helpful. But the ego's doing the helping when we feel like we need to do something like that. Like somebody, yep. you, know, you, you don't tell your first grader. You don't walk up to them and say, oh, your parents are going to die someday, right? That's not helpful. <laughs> it's in a no. so. This is, you know, what I'm saying is making the point, you know, that we don't know what's helpful. It puts people in tremendous fear. I have seen it firsthand (laughs) when people have been in fear, when I've witnessed around the country, somebody saying something to someone like, oh, you know, it's all an illusion, having good intentions, right? But it's not appropriate just to say those things to people when they're not ready to hear it. It's not part of their path at the moment. Just like we wouldn't tell someone in third, why are you in third? You should be in ninth. It's like, no, no they shouldn't. They're, uh, they're in third. There's nothing wrong with being in third. They're just being in third grade, right? Um, but it's almost like we want to help people along with the ego's guidance as if we know what's best. And so, you know, I always encourage people, I know you want to be helpful. The best way to be helpful is to first change your mind (laughs) that you're from the ego as your teacher to the Holy Spirit, recognizing, wait a minute, let me pull back here because I have a little bit of a, a, a need. There's a push pushed this is so important well the only reason it's important is because you've made it real you've made it real because you're in the ego's thought system so i want to help people bruce wants to help we all want to help people when the holy spirit's doing the helping you're really leading from kindness and you're going to really help people from that teacher and you don't have to judge the form of helpfulness it'll just come through you right I, yeah just going to use the word through because I think that's such an important word. And mm-hmm. if, it, if it's coming from us, that's suspect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's coming I'm helping us, you. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out that we're more peaceful. It's like, well, that's a pretty good indication that maybe we've chosen in a kind of teacher, or in a peace teacher, in a, in a you know, lo- loving, trusting, helping, truly helping teacher. And, um, that, you know, that, that um, one line in the psychotherapy uh, pamphlet that I really find helpful is, is, and I'm going to paraphrase it just because I don't have it completely memorized, but it's something to the effect of um, healing occurs when the therapist forgets to to judge his patient, you know, and that's that's basically, I think, and I think when we're all therapists and we're all, we're all patients, you know, we're all teachers and students and and 24 seven, we're either teaching and learning the thought system of inclusion and, and, and kindness and forgiveness, or we're teaching the opposite, which is the thought system of death and destruction and, you know, forgiveness to destroy, if you will, which is, you know, making the error real instead of seeing that nothing happened. And, and, uh, and 
but the secret of salvation is that, that I'm doing this to myself. You know, I, I'm, I'm projecting onto the world all the things that I haven't resolved, and I need Holy Spirits to resolve all those things. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautifully said. Hey, Bruce, before we wrap it up, is there any announcements that, that you want to make or anything you, you want to say um, in the last couple minutes here? Well, you know, I always encourage people to support the, the two, what I call sister foundations, the Foundation yeah. for ACIM.org <laughs> and the Foundation for Inner Peace, um, ACIM.org, uh, the latter of which Bob was was co-president for some years. Uh, we love you, Bob. Mm. Yeah, we, absolutely. And uh, I guess one other you know, quick comment. I think one thing that I found but that ties into actually what we've been talking about today is um, the course uses guilt a lot, which is really a more of a mental uh, aspect of the, the, the misunderstanding of the ego. But um, Bob had some, some wonderful teachings around the idea of, of shame, which is really uh, not, not just being feeling bad about, you know, what, what you think, but, uh, the, the whole idea of shame is being feeling bad about what you think you are, you know, what, what you and it's, it really is. It's a belief about what we are. And, uh, you know, I wanted to acknowledge that. And, and, and so many other things that, that I think we you know, talked about in our conversations over the years, but uh, anyway, mm-hmm. encourage people to support both of those foundations. And, um, and for people that are interested in, in addition to going to, to your classes, there's also a, you know, a number of other teachers that have wonderful work. Uh, Susan Dugan is one of them. Um, and uh, one of the ones that I attend most frequently is the School for a Course in Miracles, which is sfacim.org. Mm-hmm. And I and, and contribute to those classes on almost a daily basis. Uh, there's classes almost every day of the week, and they're, they're just wonderful. Highly recommend them. Um, I'll be at a retreat in Colorado in a month or so um, that will be for those folks. And, oh, you uh, are? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, How so nice. There's, there's, there's lots of really great um, uh, programs online and uh, you know, encourage sure people are. to take advantage of, of the web edition of the course. And um, I try to post the things that I find helpful on ACIMblog.com, including our conversations, you and I, Jackie. And Yay. which I find very, very cool. They're so <laughs> fun. Your, your, oh, I just love your it. Your sister and brother-in-law's wonderful work, which uh, yeah, I, I just think is outstanding. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're really blessed, aren't we, to be living in this time where we get to learn that we're not bodies. We're more than that. We're more than just mortal, sh- shadowy figures, you know, the, the uh, tale right. told by an idiot, as Shakespeare said, right? <laughs> as Shakespeare said, yes, brilliant. The brilliant yeah. works of Shakespeare. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't sum it up better than you just did, Bruce. It's fantastic. And, you know, everything you, you mentioned is great. And we are indeed blessed to, you know, know what we yeah. know and have so many, you know, rich, good teachers and content out there just giving yeah. these so it's great and um well i look forward to another discussion with you this time maybe you won't wait so long i've kind of gotten over what was a very busy (laughs) i don't know maybe last year and a half or something like that i mean i know we've talked in time but just was one of those times you know in the script where you're just the body seems to be very busy sometimes it's not as busy Sometimes it's very busy. Sometimes it's just whatever. The body's doing what it's doing. 
So um, anyway, such great fun. Thanks for all your nuggets of wisdom. And we want to say we love you so much, uh, Bob Rosenthal. And um, Bruce, I look forward to talking with you again real soon. You guys, please check out Bruce's site, cimblog.com. And until next time, remember that you are love. You are love. Bye, everyone.